Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome, and today we're going to talk to Bob McGuire of Warrants. We're going to find out more about what he does and what the organization does. So welcome, Bob. And let's start with your academic background. Where did you go to school? Well, uh, thank you for having me. I went to school over in Hamilton at Mohawk College. I took radio broadcasting, of all things, because I had uh, quite a few uncles and uh, cousins who got into that field. But after I graduated, I wanted to keep looking didn't quite think broadcasting was for me, but I did like telling the story. So I went to school again at uh, Centennial College here in Toronto for advertising media management, which uh, allowed me to get a job at uh, Universal Pictures for a few years. And I, I really enjoyed it there. It was a lot of... Uh, it was a lot of learning how to work in an office, a lot of uh, learning how to work hard, but I wanted to work somewhere that I was able to give back to. So working at the War Amps is something I've always wanted to do. So I put my you know, name under the door, so to speak, and they were able to take me on. And I've been working with the War Amps for the past five years in public awareness, which is pretty amazing. Okay. Just as a matter of interest, I taught at uh, Seneca and Centennial. Okay. So a yeah. few years ago. Do you have one you prefer? Or you can't say? No, no, no. <laughs> well, I mean, mine was all about entrepreneurship. And okay. How to start a business, that kind of thing. So Great. Having said that, tell us a little more about your work experience. You. Uh, You've provided a brief description. Can you expand on that? Absolutely. So uh, I should go back a little bit about me. I was born missing uh, three fingers on my right hand. I can show you. I have five here and then three on this hand. And when I was just four years old, the war amps came to me and my family and uh, were able to take me in and, you know, able to provide support both financially and emotionally for me and I wouldn't be the person I am today if it wasn't for the war amps so when I had an opportunity to work with them I took it and now a big part of my job in public awareness is teaching or providing assistance to the next generation of champs teaching them everything I knew you know telling them it'll be okay and there's also uh Another side of the public awareness, which is uh, giving school school presentations. Uh, you know, we find, and this happened to me too when I was young, bringing an older amputee in that's more confident and getting all the classmates to ask the more confident amputee the questions uh, really just takes away the kids' curiosities. And once the curiosities have subsided, there's no bullying, which is hugely impactful. And then the third facet of my job is uh, donor development, and donor stewardship, uh, something I think we'll get into a bit later, but uh, the War Amps is not 
government funded. We only rely on donations through our key tag service. So uh, I know if it's me giving a presentation at a community club or any type of fundraiser, uh, I'm their guy. It's one of the great things about this job is that no, no two days are alike. Well, that's fun, isn't it? There's nothing wrong with that. So exactly. Let's get to the name of the organization. So, where did the where did the name come from? The War Amps uh, started after the First World War. So we celebrated our 100th anniversary back in 2018. And when the, the War Amputee veterans uh, came to Canada. They realized that they had nothing, so they banded together to provide that support to one another, whether through be through prosthetic limbs or just being that uh, brotherhood. And uh, once they formed this association, when the Second World War happened, uh, the war amps was able to wait by the docks. So when the war amputee veterans from the Second World War came in, we were able to provide support for them right away. And as a tribute to our war amputee members, we'll always be known as the war amps. And then in 1975, uh, Cliff Chatterton, who was our CEO, realized that, you know, everything the war amputee veterans needs are in place. So they just shifted their focus to help child amputees. And that's where the CHAMP program, our child amputee program, started okay see in today's world uh, i'm a little bit older and i understand where you're coming from but i'm thinking millennials and younger who can't even relate to the war so i appreciate that the champ thing why not disability amps Uh, I believe you're asking why not just call it Disability Apes? No, no. Why not oh, change sorry. the name oh, to because Disability Amps? That's a, that's a good question, but I think because uh, if it wasn't for the War Amputee Veterans starting this association, we wouldn't be there. Uh, you know, none of this would have uh, none of our organization would have been around. So uh, keeping it the war amps is a good homage. And we are teaching uh, the next generation of amputees that, you know, it was their war, but it was our legacy. And through presentations of Operation Legacy, where we talk about remembrance, it, you know, the next generation is able to teach the kids the importance of our veterans and the sacrifices that they made. So are there similar organizations in other countries? That's a good question. We like to call ourselves uniquely Canadian. We don't think there's uh, an organization that, that does as much as we do to support amputees, but there are uh, similar uh, organizations in the U.S. that help you know, uh, children amputees, for example. There are certain organizations that help uh, war veterans as well, but uh, we are uniquely Canadian and we hope to stay that way too. 
So have you heard of any organizations in Europe? Europe. I believe the amputee one uh, charity, the amputee charity in the United Kingdom is called the Reach Charity, and they help young amputees as well. Okay. Well, it's a, certainly a different name, isn't it? Oh, exactly. Uh, the one in the U.S. is called Lucky Finn, which is very nice because it you know teaches kids to own your amputation and you know there's nothing that you can't do to be proud of it we at the warrants we call it the winner's circle philosophy of the same owning your amputation mentality and you know sure things may be difficult but those things uh can be done with the right support whether it be through uh, emotionally or through a prosthetic as well so a little clarification. Everybody knows about the P-tags. Everybody mm. knows about the, um, the things for your envelopes, the stickers for your envelopes. Where does all the money go? That's a great question. So our P-tag service is a free service, uh, but you know, you're more than welcome to donate if you want to. And the people that do allow us to keep the association uh, running and those funds go towards a lot of different programs and services uh, whether it be through uh, finding connections with champs uh, you know the prosthetics artificial arms and legs are really expensive and depending on which uh, province you live in the uh, government will only pay for certain limbs and maybe only parts of certain limbs. So whatever the difference is, the uh, the war amps will uh, help pay for that to you know level the playing field for amputees. And you know we help the amputees in other ways too, whether it be through our bursary program. Uh, you know we provide classes as well. It's all about leveling the playing field. And another side of it, because we want to be the experts in amputation, we also have bursaries for uh, students and other medical professionals who want to get into the field of amputation and further their knowledge to help amputees, which I think is really incredible and full circle in a way. So what you've just told me, is brand new to me. I had no idea what you were doing. And right. obviously the uh, the people don't know. So how do you try and get the word out to the communities besides presentations? Oh, exactly. You know, I think with most charities and a lot of them, uh, public awareness is everything. You know, a lot of people just know us from our key tags or maybe our PSAs that they say on TV. But uh, those are great to get the foot into the door, so to speak. And, you know, a lot of our ambassadors, a lot of our, you know, children who are in the program, a lot of our graduates of the program are our best, um, what's the word, ambassadors, you know. They're the ones getting out there and through word of mouth, people uh, learn more, more about our association. And because of that word of mouth, uh, they learn about the depth of all the ways that we assist, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
there's a TV program that I don't know whether you've seen it. It's called We Are Able. If not, I would recommend that you uh, you take a look at it because I interviewed the uh, producer of that program, and uh, on the show they had a lady who had lost a fair bit of her arm, right? And she started a foundation. And she's a mother, a foster mother of four kids. Wow. Um, she uh, she runs a foundation, and she's a model, and she's an actress. Oh, and my gosh. They have a, she has a thing where people are models, and they're all disabled. That's great. So that's... A, that's one of the amazing stories that they have. So it's amazing, you know, working with differently abled people. We like to say that, you know, they're stubborn. You know, they will find a way to do something and nothing gets them down. So whether they become a model, you know, we know someone, we know many people that are Paralympians in our program. We know someone who's missing uh, both of her arms and like your uh, friend, she's a mother of three kids as well. It's just incredible that they don't let, you know, what happened to them get in their way and they let nothing stop them. And, you know, to help them get there is is just the best feeling. So I know what you're talking about. It's There's nothing better. Well, I was involved in the Parapan Games when I was in Toronto. At, uh, York University, so I I know what they can do as an athlete, and that's that that makes a, a big difference. It's and incredible. I'd like, I'd like to see more of that on your website. Uh, more stories about athletes that can really make a difference. You know, whether it's oh, a short, short video or you know that kind of thing where they can tell their story because. They're, they're heroes. On our website, we have a section called Heroes, and uh, they're, they're very unique. So there's a guy in uh, Toronto who plays hockey, and there's women's group and youth group, and they have tournaments in Ontario, Canada, and international, and they're all blind. Oh, wow. So... If there's a will, there's a way, and the proper supports can make it happen. And in our research, we found that 22% of Canadians have a disability. Wow. Um, and if you take into account the family and friends, that number goes up to 54%. The bottom wow. The challenge is... How do you go about mobilizing that group to make a huge difference? And that's one of the challenges. So. Oh, exactly. Having said that, how many uh, people apply to the KeyTag program? Is it 1,000? Is it 5,000? So I... Uh, believe the the last number we looked at in Canada it's about one in four who get their key tags so we send around seven to eight million 
across the country. And uh, the key tag has been around for a long time and it allows differently abled people to have a job at our warehouse in Toronto. And uh, to this day, we still hire differently abled people to run the key tags and mail them out, which is something we're very proud of. And another fact that we're proud of is since the start of the key tag program, we returned over 1.5 million sets of keys to Canadians. And, you know, they're, they're getting expensive now with fobs. Those keys can sometimes run up to $500. So the the thank yous we get is, you know, proving that our key tag service is still working. It's a free service. Anyone can sign up. There's no fees, but, you know, the donations that are voluntary um, help run our organization. There's many stories. People put them on their cell phones. Uh, I heard one story of someone was leaving a party. They put on their jacket. They go home. They realize this isn't my jacket, but they had a Warhams key tag, so we were able to return the key tag as well as the jacket to the rightful owner. You better tell me, you just mentioned the factory. You better expand on that. What, what What's the factory, and what do they do there? Oh, sure. So uh, in Scarborough, the north end of Scarborough, we have our key tag facility. So this is where the differently abled people help uh, put the key tags into the envelopes, you know, help count the brochures, make sure everything is accounted for, and then mail them out to everyone. So uh, in short, it's a, it's a mailing house. That's terrific. And a percentage of those are disabled? I I don't have the most current numbers, but it's a pretty good uh, percentage between differently abled and people who don't identify as disabled. So you've been there for five years. Where do you see the organization three years from today? How's it going that's, to change? I uh, That's a good question. And when I thought about it a lot, and I think you know, technology is our friend. So I think we're going to continue to work with uh, prosthetists and the medical field to see how else we can um, further assist amputees. And I also think, you know, we're going to continue to provide that level of public awareness through different technologies, which uh, will help us to continue to grow and continue to support amputees. You know, through this pandemic, it was, you know, tough on everyone, but we were able to present to more communities across Canada because of technology through the power of Zoom. And I think, uh, we're going to embrace that new normal, so to speak, and continue to find new ways to support members of our program. Okay. Well, I, I noticed you don't have a prosthesis. Why not? I'm I'm not wearing one now, but I do own a few. Oh. Um, yeah, I have a, a 
one that helps me with hockey, one that helps me with golf. It my game was okay before I got one, but I realized the game is so much better having these tools to help me play. So it's just a simple device that helps uh, hold the stick or hold the golf club, and it grips it that much better to give me a more powerful shot. And I also have a anatomical prosthesis, which is a fancy word for a prosthetic hand that looks like a full hand. I wear it as a glove. And then when I go to fancier events, it uh, it looks uh, it looks very real. They actually took the fingerprints from this hand and put it on my gloves. That's how real it looks. So it's not a Michael Jackson glove. <laughs> not yet, but if I ask my prosthetist, he might be able to make one for me. <laughs> okay. Can you give us uh, a couple of examples of success stories? Oh, absolutely. We hear about them every single day. You know, being here for five years now, um, I gave a presentation to a young boy who was incredibly sh scared and shy. And, you know, there were a few incidences of bullying, but uh, going to that young man's school year after year, uh, you can see his confidence grow and grow. And then when I gave a presentation just this year, he just, you know, he did the whole presentation by himself which is incredible and, you know, providing that emotional support to see them thrive is an incredible feeling, you know, hearing stories of young champs getting a leg so they can learn how to swim with their uh, brothers and sisters and, you know, to have a normal, I don't want to use the word normal, but to have a childhood and be able to keep up with everyone. That's a great story, you know, um, I can go that young mother from the West Coast who's missing both of her arms, who has three kids. I, you know, they're all they're all success stories in my heart. I can go on for hours and hours. It's it's really a family, and I'm so happy to be just a small part of it. There's a group called Ability Online. I don't know whether you've heard of them. No. But uh, I would recommend you take a look at theirs. They've taken out the word dis. So instead of disability online, it's ability online. And it's, oh, that's great. it's been going for, I don't know, 30 years or something like that in Canada wow. and partly in the U.S. Wow. An amazing lady who runs it. It's just something incredible. So... Having said that, Bob, I want to thank... Oh, we need the website. Oh, yes, it is uh, waramps, W-A-R-A-M-P-S dot C-A. We also have a toll-free number. If you have any questions, that's 1-800-250-3030. Okay. Well, thank you for your time this afternoon. You're passionate about what you do. And you guys may not realize it, but you, besides being a charity, you're also a social enterprise, giving back to the community. So thank, thank you for your time this afternoon.
Thank you.